Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, Upper Deck, for this episode. It's a little bit of a box battle. Got four boxes in the mail from Upper Deck. Thank you very much. I promised them I would compare and contrast and point out anything that I thought was interesting related to those products or just cards in general. Just, as always, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, other sponsors, Tops. And I guess that means Fanatics as well, but also Panini. They're not getting along so well, but hopefully everything will be worked out. As well as Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I did a lot of tennis tournaments back when I was a younger person. And there's a seeding that takes place, and it's the same thing in the NBA. One plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six. Four plays five, the lower seed gets the home court advantage, all that kind of stuff. If I were to do that here, uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really taking two. In the one bracket, I've got the two products that I think are more similar in price. So it's kind of like the American League, National League, or the East and the West in basketball, seeding within. So first of all, the first one is the 21-22 SP game-used CHL, Central Hockey League, uh, product and that I'm comparing with the 2021 SP Signature Legends. And that's again problematic. It's a little bit older, but again, they're legends, so they're timeless, right? So looking at those two, and then the other bracket I have a 2122 SPX against the 2122 Allure. Okay. Those are a little bit less expensive. But all four boxes were really interesting. With the Signature Legends, I would just point out that when I opened it up, I didn't get a Legends feel. They look like a modern card of older, established players. That's okay to get a fresh, new design of an older player. But I like that heritage look that evokes something from before. And Upper Deck has done some of that as well. So not a deal breaker, but when it's a Legends card, I'd like it to have a little more of a Legends feel, Legends design perhaps. Now, you know, when you get a Legends product, again, this is the contrast here compared to the SP game used from the CHL. you got eight packs of five in the Signature Legends, five packs of three in the SP game used CHL. These couldn't be more opposite in the sense that anytime you get a Legends product, I won't say you can't go wrong, but it accentuates the difference that in a Legends set, a lot of times there's not much downside because the players are well-known, they're established even the base cards may have some following, not at a high price, but more recognizable names. They've tried to pick out players that would be of interest of the legends. Whereas with the CHL said, you just know not all those guys are going to make it. On the other hand, if one of them does make it, if this were a few years ago, and again, not every great eventual Hockey Hall of Famers worked his way up through the CHL. Some of them came straight from juniors, some from American other universities and things like that. My point is that any kind of a minor league or CHL issue is going to have potentially more upside. If somebody really hits it and it would be an early card of a player that goes on to greatness, even when they're not pictured in an NHL uniform, there's still some value there in the game used and the autographed. So early cards of celebrities or players are good. Ideally, it's in their playing career and when they are pictured in the uniform, the major league or NHL uniform. So I like early cards of players, but I realize in the CHL game, not all of them are going to make it. And it's five packs of three cards. So you're not dealing with a lot there. It's hit and miss. Could be a bigger hit than the Legends. Legends, it's a larger set anyway. I guess it's not a big surprise. I probably would go with the Legends of those two. It's 90 cards in a box as opposed to 15 cards in a box. 
I'm getting to the point where I don't want more cards in the sense of quantity, but I can find a home for these. The cards I don't collect by player, I will donate and then I sort by player. And I have some fun with that, but um, at any rate, so I'm going to pick the Signature Legends over the SP Game Used, acknowledging that this SP Game Used would have a, a three to five year incubation period where trading them off, if somebody says, hey, I want that card, I don't want to trade for something else with a minor league player that might hit it, might not. I just prefer to wait three to five years. Maybe they'll get called up by the stars and I'll have fun and have a decent card like that. So the Signature Legends, already I know which ones are the good ones and which ones aren't, and I can do that. I love sorting cards. Okay, so Signature Legends 2021 is the winner there with, the, again, similar price, so fair fight. The other semifinal with the other two, it's kind of like the East and the West in basketball this year. The West used to be the power, now it's the East. SPX from 21-22, one pack of four cards. 21-22 Allure, eight packs of eight cards. Again, I'm shifting. Like I said, with the SP game use CHL, I'm going to wait three years, but at some point, I'm getting old. I don't want to wait three years. I want now. And the immediate fix probably is advantage to SPX because you just got four cards. Doesn't take long to research those. All of them are good cards, autograph, game used, whatever. There's serial numbered. They're quality cards and would be great trade material. So somebody would want them. You just got to find the person and trade it for a Dallas Star or somebody else that I'd rather have. So I think SPX has the edge in that regard for me, and I'm not the typical customer, I did like the fact there were no decoys in the Allure. The decoy cards, the kind of blank front, blank back cards with the heavy, thick stock, I did find them in my SPX. I know why they're there. I don't have a big problem with that, but it's just one more thing to deal with. The other thing in the Allure product, the black rainbows, I could tell you have to flip them on the back. They look a little bit different, but it's a little bit subtle. Again, I'm used to looking through dollar boxes and I want to get front of the card recognition. I guess if I was going really fast, I would miss them. If I flipped them over, which I can't flip over every card or I'd never get done with the box, I could see the black rainbow. So I don't think they're a real expensive parallel, but they just pop. So I'll be looking for those. The base cards for Allure were very nice. No complaint at all. It's just that I think I'd rather have four cards than... 64 cards. That's just getting to be my situation. The other reason I'm leaning more toward less cards that may apply to some of you. I used to be a very, very busy executive working a lot of hours and now I'm retired, but still my time has value. And I think many of you, when you're sorting cards or opening packs or doing the dollar box or some bargain box at a show or perusing a show, wandering around others on various social media platforms, uh, there's what is your time worth but also, how much fun are you getting out of that? You pay X dollars to go to a movie and you enjoy the movie for a few hours. Is there a limit to how much you would pay for the movie? I suppose. But to pay 20 bucks for a movie now, that would have been unheard of a number of years ago. But for a, a top-notch movie, sometimes you're paying that. So you're doing that. But how much fun am I going to have regardless of how much money I make or pay for that hour? I'm really trying to optimize my enjoyment. Everybody's different. But when I'm open these packs, when they're 18 packs, like there were in the Signature Legends, that's a couple minutes. It's not a lot, but it's a lot more than opening one pack of four with the SPX. I enjoy the concept of opening packs, but I don't enjoy it after the first couple of minutes. I don't want to open a hundred packs of the same thing unless they're really good packs. And even though if they're that good of packs, I probably shouldn't be opening them. So I get a lot of fun 
not from opening the other thing, which I think some people do because everyone is a chance for a lottery. The other thing that other people enjoy that I don't is watching other people open cards, open cards online or uh, social media, other reveals and things like that. I don't get a big kick out of that. I think that's fun. If it was a friend of mine and seeing what they got, but I don't want to do that. My patience would not be there for that. On the other hand, I have amazing patience for going through a dollar box or any other kind of a bargain box that I think is a treasure hunt or for sorting my own cards. You'd have to pay me a lot of money to sort other people's cards, <laughs> but for sorting my own cards, I'm in effect paying to do that because I could pay somebody, but I really enjoy it. But if I have 10,000 cards to sort, it takes arguably 10 times as much time to sort as 1,000 cards. So I'm getting at the point now where I'd rather have 1,000 cards than 10,000 cards. So I'm trying to get rid of the other 9,000 cards and not sort them. Because once you sort them, you've got a lot of labor built into it. So again, I don't have a huge problem with this very nice group of four boxes from Upper Deck, but I'm not going to player sort every card that I got because not every player is worthy. My player collecting is very broad, very deep. So I'm not sorting toward complete sets, even though in some of these boxes that I occasionally buy or get or trade for, I have probably almost enough to have a complete set. I'm just not doing that anymore. I'm only doing player sorts, and I don't sort players unless they're known to me for their current value or their potential future value or following. So if it's a star, a potential future star, as I've said, I'm going to incubate, I'm going to hold on for three years, some of these rookies who could be stars in the future. And in hockey, I do that because I'm going to say, if I heard something about this, like Connor Bedard, if I got Connor Bedard's a year ago, I was, I don't want to sell them. I got a whole bunch of other younger guys, but he clearly is somebody that is highly touted. So I'm glad I've held on to some of those, but there are many of these younger players that number one, they're not so young or they don't play a position. They might not be on a very popular franchise. It's unlikely that they'll have very much future value. And so if I don't know the player and some of those factors enter into it, I'm going to put them in a different stack. And I may even give those away to somebody that appreciates hockey okay, and just promote the hobby. Have I ever missed on that? Yes, I have. I don't want to go into details, but let's just say there's a certain guy named Jordan Walker that I just threw him in the pile, looking like I maybe wasn't that smart there. Julio Rodriguez, I actually held him back at the last minute. This is a hockey episode, but again, I do all the sports and it's hard to keep track of all the players. So again, I love sorting cards. I love buying cards. I don't like as much selling cards or opening up cards or watching other people do things. I think this is just the greatest hobby of all time, and it's very participatory. And I admit, it is enjoyable to do that in a group. I have done group stuff, but not so much lately. Not criticizing anybody that does that, because it's fun to have a friend that pulls a great card. So thanks, Upper Deck. Um, I, I think the big winner, according to this, is probably the SPX. The Signature Legends, I'll have fun with that, but I'll put them aside. The SP Game Used, CHL, I will definitely put them aside for three years. The Allure, those are great looking cards. And so, again, well done. And I'll be back again in a couple days, another episode. And keep enjoying the hobby. New cards really are the lifeblood of the industry. I think that the balance of people chasing the new cards as well as the old cards is what makes the hobby so dynamic. That You can go back and forth. You don't have to be a vintage collector 100% or a brand new collector purchasing boxes 100%. You can go back and forth according to the enjoyment and how you're feeling and the relative price points. So again, thanks Upper Deck and I'll be back again in a couple days. Bye. The man in the house of cards.